0: Good evening, Starling City, and welcome to Starling City Radio. I am one of your hosts, Alistair Kennedy, and with me as always... Ross. Sure. And tonight on Starling <laughs> City Radio, we had technical difficulties last week, so tonight we are going to do a double coverage of the last two episodes of Arrow, The Magician, Episode 4, and The Secret Origin of Felicity Smoke, Episode 5. Um, there will be a Flash episode coming, unfortunately, our our... Uh, Flash news coverage guy Andy uh, is a bit tired tonight, so he's not going to be with us, but we will get a Flash episode up soon. But, Ross, before we dive into the meaty goodness that is the Arrowverse, what news has been circling around the interwebs?
1: Yes, well, <clears throat> news per se, um, 7th of November, um, CW released a sort of like a mini uh, what to expect trailer for uh, the rest of the season. And it revealed a lot of characters that we knew about um, uh, before the season started. And it, it it didn't shed light on how the story was going to progress, but you got to have an idea as to what's going on. So in this trailer, if anybody's not seen it, it's on YouTube. You just like pretty much filter through as the most recent things, uh, recent trailers you can get. And um, it's like a minute, two minutes long. And basically, we get to see two key Villains uh, through this whole thing. So first villain, well first up villain is basically um, Cupid is the main one right now. So, Cupid, stupid. Cupid. <laughs> yeah, Cupid. Obviously, for those that may be clued up to the uh, comic book Green Arrow, uh, I know Alistair that we actually haven't covered any comic books that uh, had Cupid in because she comes into the Green Arrow Black Canary crossover in 2009, and basically Cupid is so infatuated with Green Arrow that she basically says, you're either with me or you're not, so I'm just gonna kill you anyway, and like (laughs) she tries to um, create crime and, and murder people in order to draw out Green Arrow so that she can be like, oh, like oh, what's going on? It's you, I love you so much type thing. So she's basically like a, she's like a psycho that Ali and I used to date, basically. So, you know, I would pretty much put it down that way. But yes, um, not both. We, we didn't date this cycle at, the same, at time, the same time, but, time, but no. I'm pretty sure we, we would have both have experienced cycles <laughs> to this nature uh, during our lives. But yeah, so basically, yeah. So Cupid kind of has that edge where she's infatuated with what Aro was doing and she emulates his style while trying to commit her own crimes at the same time. So it's a pretty much a pretty fucked up person. But yes, so we got quite quite heavy as to how this person is going to be um, dealt with in it. And I kinda like the idea of, you know, Ollie and uh, I'm waiting for Diggles one liners kind of going, is this another bird you've scorned type thing? It'd be quite hilarious. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it looks like she's gonna play uh, quite a decent role Uh, this season considering how much screen time she got in this trailer Um, so moving on from from Cupid because I'm pretty sure we will cover Cupid um, when she actually does officially uh, make her screen appearance and obviously in subsequent comic books as we uh, describe them, Move from from her, the other major villain that made an awesome appearance was obviously the greatest, the one and only Captain Boomerang, now Captain Boomerang is more of a Flash uh, rogues gallery guy. So, obviously, if you watch The Flash, um, you might think it's a bit bit weird, the fact that Captain Boomerang has been brought into Arrow first, which I think is brilliant for my own reasons. Uh, one being the fact that it's tying in the universes even more. Um, but, yeah, Captain Boomerang is mentioned and seen, well, technically not seen but his boomerang's been seen this slick silver thing and he comes out with a couple of good quotes the fact that you know everything you do always comes back to you it's along the lines you know mm-hmm. verbatim anyway but yeah um so captain boomerang um appears in this trailer so that's two quite explosive um villains that uh, arrow will have to deal with on top of raz al Ghul, Uh, which we'll talk about a wee bit more in uh, today's episode, as well as, obviously, Merlin um, and uh, probably Count Vertigo will probably come back up again, and his usual love life as well. So it was a good trailer. I reckon they've released this trailer because the beginning of season three has been a bit sort of lagging in... um, action, suspense, and I think people might have grumbled a wee bit, so I think they've had to come out with this sort of like quarter season trailer to sort of show to people, wait, but there's all this action that's coming up soon, you know like, we, we all knew going into this, it was going to be a very sort of like personally orientated it's all about drama and characters instead of action, that's what they said in the summer, but I think a lot of people have just been thrown off, myself included as to how much into the character that's going to be when uh, we're only episodes of you know four or five in and I'm already kind of like still suffering the hangover from season two's finale so I think they must have brought this trailer out just to sort of tell people look we're still got stuff going on and there's stuff to look forward to rather than you know bailing out on us I don't think it's going to be a I don't think it's a worrying call but I, I think it's something that they've they've consciously released to make sure yeah. what's going on
0: Okay, so there was another piece of news there, Ross. Uh-huh. The link I just sent to you.
1: Yes, um, the Flash and Arrow crossover logo was revealed uh, recently, and it looks quite quite badass. It's uh, pretty much the Arrow's Arrow with the gold emblem of Flash that it's through. And... Um, yeah, it's uh, it looks like it could be the work of quite sort of like similar visual artists that have worked on Warner Brothers DC stuff, and uh, yeah, it's just uh, it looks quite cool, and it's nice to see it because. It's like together and Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. What what do you think of this logo? Uh, like, it's I feel dif- like it been
0: speaking for ages. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. It's uh, it's different, it's very different. I like it, it's cool, but at first I thought it was fan made and then I seen Jeff Johns posted it himself. So yeah, I'm I'm all for it. It looks good and is it mid season we're getting the first crossover?
1: Uh, yes, it's uh, mid-season. Uh, the mid-season finale is the Flash and Arrow cro- crossover. I'm hmm. not too sure how it's getting done. I've heard rumours that it's supposed to be all on Wednesday night, so it's a two-hour back-to-back special. But hmm. I've now heard um, I've now heard sort of like... So it would be like a two-hour film you'd watch. You'd watch the Flash section, then the Arrow section. Yeah. But I'm starting to hear that it might be the Flash version on the Tuesday and then the Arrow version on the Wednesday. Ah. But uh, So I don't know if that's been like a last-minute production change, but I think their original intention was to make it almost like a mini-movie, like a TV movie, uh, Mm. as the sort of end of the mid-season. But uh, I have a feeling now that maybe just to garner more members and more numbers and more viewing figures, they would just do it, you know, on separate days, an hour each. Uh, Either way, though, we're still going to get a crossover. So all our Starling City fans that might be just so infatuated like Cupid with Arrow... Uh, i would highly suggest you start watching flash because there are going to be certain bits and pieces that will um that will no doubt make a lot more sense if you uh, watch both films you don't uh, both seasons you you know you don't need to but Mm. you probably get more appreciation to the whole universe if you did
0: yeah um did you have any other news because i've just came across a part of news that we kind of skipped that i've absolutely missed
1: Uh, No, I don't have any other news. Um, I've just been sort of too busy dissecting that trailer, so no. (laughs) Hit us with your
0: next. Sure, hit me with your best shot. Well, um, that kind of relates to Hardwood, doesn't it? That would be an amazing song for him to train to. Uh, Hit me with (laughs) your best shot.
1: That's what the Roy and Oliver Queen's montage music should be. (laughs)
0: Yeah, hit me with your best shot. Anyway, (laughs) um, well, as you know, uh, in the summer, the first set of. Uh, action figures get released, and it was a double pack with um, Deathstroke and Arrow, and I purchased them, and uh, there can be photos up in the site if anyone requests them, but Ross, this little link here shows us that um, in April next year, we're getting the fastest man alive as a figure, the CW Flash action figure, now, scrolling to the bottom, uh, you can also see that there's a Canary figure coming out, which I'll need to get to go with my set, there's another Oliver Queen version, there's Oliver topless, which is basically first season Ollie. and there's a Deathstroke figure with a bit too much colour in it for my liking.
1: Uh, I don't know. I don't know if we're reading into that a wee bit too much. I, I mean, I would no, love no, no I, I th- oh,
0: no. I think it, I think it's just it says it's from season two. Oh. Um, I think it's more just. <laughs> I think it's more just the um, paint job they've given him. You know.
1: Mind you, I suppose like when it comes to a model to sort of highlight certain details, understandable. At first, I thought, "Oh my god!" I didn't realise it was season two. I thought it was like going to be like this season's like batch of figures. And I like, almost like had a mini heart attack, thinking, "Oh Christ! Don't tell me at the end of season three we're going to see some sort of like rogues gallery that's going to include Deathstroke as well." We <laughs> that would could. be hilariously <laughs> awesome
0: but still. Yeah. What, what do you think of these figures? I, I'll obviously be getting the Flash one. I don't know if I'll get the Canary one, but I've already got Arrow and uh, Deathstroke in the double pack.
1: I, I, I don't know. I mean, like, I'm not really the main man for, um, for figures, mm. but I mean... It's quite cool. I was expecting maybe the figures to sort of reveal maybe more tip bits about, like, uh, especially in the Flash side of things, maybe I was expecting to see like a Captain Cold figure or a Heatwave figure to sort of see even more of the details of the future villains Mm. that we're supposed to expect in the Flash. Um, But I don't know. I mean, like, I do do quite dig it. I thought it was quite... I was unimpressed originally with the fact that all they gave out was a Deathstroke uh, Green Arrow combo. Yeah. it's quite cool to see sort of like the individual Arrow Order, but then I'm surprised about the lack of Roy. I was expecting maybe, yeah. maybe some Roy in there and, and, you know, possible maybe... Yeah, I was expecting some more Roy. A Diggle? Yeah, or Diggle or maybe... like Yeah, Diggle and his Balaclava type thing or maybe something to do with, um, with Laurel. But no, no, I mean like the... Oliver Queen one is quite standout so far
0: from what the I've top, The few. topless one?
1: <laughs> <laughs> of course I know. <laughs> uh, his full, thing, it seems a bit more detailed than the, uh, the sort of double box set that you got yeah. from uh, with the
0: one with Deathstroke in it too. Yeah, see, so maybe I think that was a re, a redesign of them all. Yeah, oh. well, well, all of these say kind of like season two, well, all of the Oliver Queen and Slade Wilson. So it's the redesign bow and everything you get with it, um, which is quite cool. But obviously having Ollie and Deathstroke, I'll probably get Flash and Canary. Like obviously if there was a Diggle and oh, I would probably collect them all if they announced uh, Wave threes get Diggle Roy, even Malcolm Merlin would be quite cool. His face would be really realistic because most of it's plastic anyway. (laughs) It actually is. Yeah. So, they're they're okay. Yeah. The announcement was actually back in July, but I think we must have just brushed past it with all the uh, casting announcements that were coming. And um, as my new hobby is shopping, this is shopping season for Ali for Christmas for himself. So, um, (laughs) I'll try not repeat it for um, this show, but. I'll need to get the Flash action figure at some point. That's a, that's a must-buy. That's 100%. Um, apart from that, obviously, Arrow Season 2.5 is going strong. We're planning and covering some of them next week, along with, I believe it's our Gotham week, isn't it, next week? Gotham.
1: It is, yes, the
0: Gotham week, aye. Eh? Excellent. So, um, yeah, that's that's about us from Arrow News this week. Um, moving on to the episode. So, Ross, first of all, we had The Magician. And, um... That's a very exciting title for people familiar with people's names in the comic book lore.
1: Yeah, it's um, it's an interesting. It was an interesting episode. Um, before we get into our own opinions, it was basically uh, Nissa comes back to Stalin City to uh, avenge the death of her lover, uh, Sarah, uh, Sarah or Sarah. I'm going to say Sarah for the and uh, purposes. But yeah, uh, so she comes back and she tries to sort of like. Roughly team up with um, Arrow and Team Arrow in order to try and figure out who killed, um, who killed Sarah, and uh, it leads him to some sort, some certain murky places, and it throws up some red headings for the audiences as well. So you know they kind of they are on a trail for a a Japanese uh, name, and it turns out to be Merlin that was there, and then Merlin tries to clear his name from Oliver and. Everything seems to be a wee bit all up in the air with how they're doing the whole who done it uh, uh, sort of mode. Um, obviously, the ending of the film, uh, ending of this episode, I think we'll have our our own many discussion of it because it was such a it should have and is technically an impactful ending. Um, but no, I mean, I in my opinion, I reckon the magician was probably one of the weakest. Uh, the weakest episodes we've seen so far, you know, I mean, there was satisfying action kicking about, but, I mean, I don't know, like, uh, I just, I don't like these flashbacks this season, I'm just not clicking with the whole Hong Kong flashbacks, and, um, I just feel like, you know, they're there was like too much of a major shift in, in these flashbacks where you know he's kind of like uh I, I don't know I just it's maybe because I'm so used to seeing the uh, the island and having the idea that uh, Oliver Queen was stranded on the island and and you know there was no escape he had to deal with what he had there now in Hong Kong I'm just kind of like going surely he could escape surely he could he could like you know focus on trying to get away then then you know constantly being at amanda waller's request i mean i know it is kind of explained a wee bit more but i don't know i'm just not feeling anything with uh, these flashbacks anyway from the magician episode. um but no i mean uh, it's, it was good all right i mean um i mean obviously like roy's backflip in the magician was a wee bit weird like he seems to just always want to do a backflip whenever he's in Arsenal mode. He does backflips, and uh, this backflip was a wee bit weird. And I don't know. It just felt a bit boring, considering the uh, quality of the cast and the juiciness of the storyline. It just didn't feel like it hit the notes what it should do. Uh, Maybe I, I I still reckon that season three of Arrow is still trying to figure out what it is. It's trying to figure out if it should be this blockbuster action continuing on from season two. Or if we should try and focus on the carrot, doesn't I think it's having its own um, its own sort of fight amongst you know amongst itself, and I think uh, the magician is a clear example of it trying to balance the, you know high octane action with deep characterization and it's it certainly failed in this episode. You know I think it has to mm-hmm. go for one or the other, or it has to either you know like tone down on one and up the ante on the other type thing. I mean Nessa just didn't feel. Uh, wasn't necessarily as used as she should as she could have been. Merlin um, was too casual about the whole idea, you know, about appearing in public, and it was just a bit kind of like, you know, being a guy that's been hunted by the most super assassins ever. Why the hell would you appear in public? <laughs> you know, like <laughs> no matter. I don't. I don't care if there's like a thousand people around you. You're still going to get pinpointed if the League of Assassins know where you are. Um, so, yeah, it just, I don't know, like the tension and the drama sort of got sapped out of it with how nonchalantly Merlin was in this episode and how nonchalantly everybody was. So it was kind of like, meh, we've got to mm. figure out this, um, you know, the, this murder, let's see what's what. Nyssa was the only one that sort of like continued the high stakes. And even then, she was all this whole, I will avenge her. There was nothing, <laughs> there was no other dynamic to her character in this season, this episode She was hell-bent on avenging everything, no matter what. Like, you know, storming into the police going, I don't care about your stuff, I'm just going to avenge her death. She literally, and even Quentin Lance does not know the poor guy, she literally said, Nyssa, the most weirdest person that's ever existed in Starlin City, turned around to Quentin Lance and goes, we will avenge your sister's, your daughter's death. It's like, (sighs) see if I was Quentin Lance, I would be ringing, like ringing alarm bells going, why would she, she she say avenge? Why would she say death? What even? But no, Quentin Lance doesn't do that. Uh, so what about yourself, Ali? What did you think of the episode? episode
0: well, the funniest part had to be when uh, Malcolm Merlin lived up to his name and was like, huzzah! And threw the smoke bomb down, you know, and ran off. Um, I just thought that was kind of hilariously funny and it was in line with his comic character, but completely out of character for Malcolm Merlin in the comics, who's a slow walking badass, you know. It was more like ha surprise! You almost expected him to see that.
1: (laughs) I do remember turning around to my friend saying, well, that's how Batman got trained in dramatics.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's so true. Um, I do agree, like, the whole Thea kidnap, Roy's ridiculous, like, you could almost, like, that's probably the worst sort of, um... Uh, sort of choreography they've done like there was clearly wires involved in that because the flip didn't even look realistic um and i mean to the extent where i was watching it with uh, my missus and she turned around and went that looked ridiculous and she says arrow doesn't <laughs> usually look arrow doesn't usually look ridiculous i mean coming from the fight at the end of season two you know the massive one uh, to a, a stupid looking backflip you know um I just I don't know. I d I didn't see the need also for flipping off of the car. You know, it was that yeah. was also a bit dramatic. But um I, I do agree, like Nisa was um completely underused. Um she she could be she she almost felt like a sort of B villain, like a C Lister, like a I'll get you next time. They almost you know yeah. and she should be this sort of hard ass that was we get introduced to in the first time and she was almost comical in the way that she kept like not listening to Ollie when I know love's blind and blah, blah blah but she, she didn't listen to him when she knows that it's his city basically and um yeah, at the end obviously we find out like you of Oliver's made the the league um quite pissed off and uh he didn't care. He was like bring on. And he's like, Are you kidding me? Um and then Nisa goes back to um the league headquarters and we get the review of um, Raza Ghoul which I was worried that, uh... <laughs> I was worried that we were just going to get to see his hand like in the teaser pictures, but no we got to see the man himself so Ross says it's one of your favourites what did you think of the reveal, did he uh, meet your expectations, would you rather they let Liam Neeson come back into it or?
1: No, nope, it was ridiculous, it was absolutely <laughs> stupid and I just, I don't know, I don't know what, I don't know what I was expecting, I think that's the thing, but what was shown was definitely nowhere near what I was expecting, and not in a good way, like, Liam Neeson, I'd be like, what, Liam Neeson, that's amazing, that's awesome, but then I would also complain, because I'd sit and go, oh, but now that ties into Christopher Nolan's Dark Knight, and blah 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 blah, he We're didn't s- want
0: to, Liam Neeson did want to, oh yeah,
1: and it was just purely because of taking 3, that he couldn't do the schedule, yeah. damn it, taking 3, damn it as if, the, as if it's needed,
0: like <laughs> for the man that refused to do sequels, decides to do two sequels to a film that did not need a sequel <laughs> exactly.
1: and I don't know, I mean uh, I just, I'm just so used to having the goateed crazy haired Razal al kicking about and this guy just doesn't look the part and I mean we haven't seen him that much so, you know it's it's difficult to do a proper analysis on him until i see a full like five minute scene with him in it but right now he hasn't impressed me at all you know mm-hmm. when when deathstroke was first revealed to us back in season two uh eh, i was pure on the floor going oh my god that is deathstroke before i even knew it was Slade wilson before i even knew like what you know when you saw like the first sort of form of his mask i was like fuck mm-hmm. yeah that is Slade wilson that is deathstroke but now seeing Raz, I go, I'm like, no, nope, you just look mm-hmm. so young and you just don't have the beard. Like, even if, his, even if he had a goatee, I'd be like, meh, passable. But nah, I don't know, just doesn't feel right. And I, I just don't know, he just doesn't look weathered enough to be, um, unless he's been recently reincarnated, reincarnated. but um, right now it just, it was a disappointment and... Hopefully they can address that in future episodes and they can take the feedback from a lot of the the fans' views, which have been the same as mine, as being quite disappointed as to how Raz al Ghul actually looks. Um, However, though, I will say this one thing, and I know for a fact that some listeners are telling me to shut up when I say this, but I'm going to say it anyway, Right. See when Ado and Ra's al Ghul fight each other. Because it's going to happen. It's going to be in the season finale where they have to go mano a mano at each other, right? And it's going to be absolute kick-ass, right? And then Ado's going to think that uh, Ra's al Ghul has killed Sarah. And he's going to be like, you have killed Sarah! You did all this! You brought all this stuff down there, right? And then I can see Ra's al Ghul chuckling to himself going, you're no detective, and then he'd be like, what? And then the tons of, and then that would be his way of saying that Razagul didn't kill Sarah and had nothing to do with it. And then they would fight even more until like Arrow got knocked out. But the reason why I think it's awesome is the fact that when um Raza, the only person in the entire universe of comic books, TV and film that calls Batman the detective is Razagul. So if Razagul just says you're no detective, then it would be like a subtle hint that that batman is still kicking about but uh that's just me
0: <laughs> i think that could be cool um i wasn't impressed he reminded me of uh oh what's his face from iron man 3 um
1: oh uh, ben kinsley as yeah. um the um oh um the with the
0: rings and stuff <laughs> <laughs> the rings and stuff yeah well yeah. the
1: rings it's Marvel like, it's difficult for me to comprehend Marvel the stuff. Mandarin
0: the Mandarin sorry the yeah Mandarin. and like it turned out it was the fake Mandarin and it's like, it was almost like that. Like, come on, he can't be the real Raza girl, even for me. I reckon me. he
1: is, though. That's the problem, is I reckon yeah. he's the real, real Raza girl.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, apart from that, we did get one flashback. I know you didn't mention them, but you forgot about the one Roy goes in his first assassination for the proto-suicide squad. And he, he, he flat-out stabbed the guy. He flat-out stabbed the guy, and then he obviously found uh, a hard drive, and he got into the computer of the kids by uh, bargaining <laughs> and he found some information that made him want to meet amanda waller about the flight
1: yeah i mean i don't know as i said like the um the flashbacks just aren't really you know doing it with me but yeah he did find the flight was it um it, it was edward fire or is it eddie fires eddie yeah. fires
0: like uh the one that we discussed mike uh, grell created i believe
1: yeah, it was Mike Grell that created Eddie Fires and he found out his um, his flight details, and he, he didn't pursue, or he was going to pursue the thing, because he meets up with um, uh, Amanda Waller in that warehouse. Yeah, And then uh, they discuss stuff. I am probably the worst person when it comes to, like, <laughs> you know, taking like, it's two weeks ago, man. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but no, and then I, I I, still I still stand by my um, original interpretation of the flashbacks. Like, I don't care if they throw in these interconnecting uh, links. I just feel that these flashbacks have fallen flat in their face. I think it's purely because there's no sense of isolation, like you know, the sense of no escape just heightened everything that um, that Oliver did in Island. Now that he's in Hong Kong, it just kind of feels like, surely he'd be able to escape somehow, or like, his flashbacks are beginning to become larger, bigger, and more elaborate than uh, mm. than what I was expecting, sort of idea. Uh, yeah, just because the fact that they've left Island and they're now in, like, a huge city, and he's now embroiled with Argus, and it's just, a, it feels like it feels like the huge world is now becoming too intimate because uh, he seems to be connected with everybody. It's a bit like my my big beef about Star Wars is the fact that you know everything is always connected with like you know um, you know Anakin Skywalker slash Darth Vader, <laughs> the Emperor Luke Skywalker, Han Solo, Princess Leia. It's kind of like it makes the entire galaxy feel so much smaller. And in yep. an Arrow with the fact that he's now connected to Amanda Waller and Argus and all that, it just makes his origin story feel a lot more smaller and a lot more intimate um, because it's so interconnected with everything. You know, I would have preferred it if his flashbacks were 100% completely separate from Argus, yeah. Amanda Waller and all that stuff. It'll I be interesting
0: to sense. see how it turns out, though. Well, oh, yeah, it definitely.
1: I, I, I am intrigued, but... I just feel that they're not hitting the nail on the head like they did with the island flashback
0: so far. <laughs> yeah, so we'll, we'll wrap up the first episode summary there. It was kind of a lull, but it wasn't as bla- bad as um, Birds of Prey. So, yeah, um, nothing can be that bad. Nothing can be. Before we move on to... Um, the next episode i thought we'd break this up with a wee bit of uh, it's not news just a reminder to people i kind of forgot to talk about it but obviously lego batman 3 i think we mentioned it before it's out in four days and we're obviously it's going to be the first time we can play arrow from the tv on a console now, yep. we might end up getting it through our other shows, so if so, I'll do a mini-review on the just specifically the Arrow Pack, but I'll go through the DLC stuff as well, because um, Andy usually gets the Lego games. But, Ross, I've came across this interesting article here, right? And this is telling me all the different characters. Now, the Arrow Pack is, obviously, it's quite cool. You're getting Lego Diggle, for God's sake. However, at the top of this one, there's a new character called the Green Luntum, and it's Daffy Duck is a Green Lantern.
1: Hell, Yes. That's like um, the greatest thing that I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Take that, totally... Howard the Duck. <laughs> Hell yeah, Daffy Duck is a Green Lantern. Fuck yeah, <laughs> the
0: Green Lantern. So um, on that page as well, we've got Conan O'Brien, the TV show host. Uh, okay, <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's
1: really weird, but I think it's because of his um, his failed clueless attempts gamer. at trying to yeah, the clueless yeah. gamer type thing
0: yeah and we've also got um if you scroll down jeff johns and jim lee from dc are playable
1: <laughs> yeah I like that. and then you have uh, kevin smith i think is the other one that's also is kevin, it? That yeah, is kevin awesome. smith is also playable too in his hockey shirt and uh yeah. and all that stuff so yeah kevin smith is also one of the other ones because uh, he was he was inaugurated into the lego idea but um it sounds like an interesting game i mean it's it's it's, it's quite cool. I, I may or may not pick her up on the um, on the PC if I can. I think Detective Chimp is in it as
0: well. So. Yeah, well, I was just going to read through some of these more obscure ones because obviously we played the Scribble Scribblenauts DC game which had the most obscure roster ever. This yes, one's yeah. got <laughs> Solar Suit Batman, The Darkest Night, Mad Hatter, Deadshot, which is understandable, Calibac, Detective Chimp, Polka Dot Man, who looks ridiculous, and and the music meister
1: the music meister he sounds like the greatest person ever i have never heard of him before. if you scroll down to the bottom of that
0: that that link ross like the last picture shows you like polka dot man seems like something that you would come up with if you were endowed with superpowers here we
1: go the music meister appeared in an episode of batman the brave and the bold so there you go. <laughs> and, uh, which is awesome, though. I am totally 100% playing it. It's the music, Meister.
0: <laughs> <laughs> See, I think it's got some like a crazy amount of uh, superheroes. I can't remember the exact number, but I will get a hold of this at some point just for the fans. The, the fact that you're getting Arrow, Diggle, Felicity, um, the Huntress, Slade, Roy, Sarah Lance, Malcolm Merlin, and exclusive vehicles and level included that would be just brilliant to play through and hopefully it will give him a kick up the ass to rock steady just come on okay you're done with Batman do a Green Arrow that would just be perfect
1: yeah definitely I think it's definitely one that I'll probably pick up on the um, on mm-hmm. the old PC uh, to get a week or go- just purely for the whole um, Arrow side of things would be quite cool yeah. Um, to see how
0: it all goes. But, yeah, um, and yeah. Um, if if you pre-order from Game, not that I'm promoting them, but Game in Britain are giving away uh, one of our favourites from Identity Crisis, Plastic Man as a Lego minifigure. What? Oh my
1: God! Yeah. I You're need getting pre-order the... from them
0: now. What? <laughs> ah. well, the Plastic Man minifigure, which is awesome. It's the first time he's appeared in Lego, and he's actually quite cool. I'm I'm tempted, even if we're getting a review code to pre-order this from Game for the PS4. <laughs> I'm Um, totally
1: going to buy that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) If you get it from Amazon, you get, um, the Rainbow Batman Rainbow Raider.
1: (laughs) Okay, that's a bit weird. The Rainbow Um, Raider.
0: Yeah, this is it right here. That is the link there. Um, The Rainbow Raider Batman looks like, um, (laughs) Mardi Gras Batman.
1: Oh, right. I know. I think I know the Rainbow Raider. Uh, He's a colorblind artist who turned to crime when the world rejected his artistic genius due to his utter ineptitude with colors. <laughs> Seriously, I'm, I'm pure bringing this up. I've not made that up, and it's something that I would make up, listeners, but no, nope, it actually is. His first appearance was in Superboy number 84 as the Rainbow <laughs> Reader, and Superboy meets William Tell. Um, he appears in 55 issues, and uh, supposedly he died in The Flash number 183, introducing the trickster.
0: So thank you, Comic Vine, for introducing us to the Rainbow, Radar. <laughs> the Rainbow <laughs> Radar. I've also just looked up Polka Dot Man, but he's not he's not worth covering. It's ridiculous. So <laughs> um, Batman 3 Beyond Gotham um, is out this week, and it, it's very tempting. You'll, you'll hear next week whether we get a hold of it or not. I've messaged Andy to ask if he's requested it. Um, so if not, we should we should get it through. If not, I'm, I'm that plastic man's figure. I'm not even a Lego collector, but that's cool. <laughs> yeah. so anyway um, we'll move on to our episode the most recent one which is episode 5 of season 3 called The Secret Origin of Felicity Smoke now why don't you give us a rundown of that Ross before we discuss.
1: Basically it was like everybody especially Ali and myself's age was transported back to the early 2000s where goth and emo people <laughs> populated the lands and uh It was an interesting episode, it was probably one of the best episodes I've done so far, it was bloody good, like the way it's done, Um, although it was predictable, and um, the main villain's plot was pretty much uh, quite sort of generic, uh, it was still quite interesting to see how Felicity became the person who she was, so uh, without further ado, uh, for those that haven't seen it, and if you haven't seen it then I don't know why you're listening, but anyway... um, uh, we start off with Felicity and we learn about how she became the super hacker that she was and uh, what drove her to become this sort of straight edged um, you know social outcast type thing well she was a social outcast but sort of social big bang theory style not into uh, the the social side of things which is quite cool uh, you sort of intertwine with that you see uh, Felicity being um Abruptly interrupted by um, Ray Palmer and her and her mum, and uh, she has to deal with her uh, her mum visiting Starling City while Starling City is also um, being plunged into darkness by Brother Eye, mm-hmm. uh, which we will get to later on. And basically, Brother Eye holds the entire city to hostage uh, to her ransom by saying, "Oh." You know, I will take down all your uh, your electricity and your power, and reduce all your bank accounts to nothing if you don't comply. And then it's up to uh, Felicity and uh, Team Arrow to figure out what's going on because it's cyber hackers, and obviously Arrow can not shoot a cyber hacker with his bow. Uh, and then, dun dun dun, it turns out that Felicity's virus that she created in the back in the uh, flashbacks is the reason why Brother I is holding the city to ransom. So it's quite cool because you get to see Felicity tackle some sort of, like, repressed demons that she's been keeping away from everybody. And considering that um, we've been so focused on, like, Diggle's past... Um, Ollie's past, and then Roy kicking up a fuss. It was nice to sort of see a different take on Felicity and seeing how she became who she was. And we got to witness the sort of like um, uh, the film with um, uh, Keanu Reeves, not Matrix, but the other one. Um, like It was like uh, the way that they set out was a proper, like, cyber hacker, uh, grungy. Uh, flashback. Napster
0: style flashback. Yeah,
1: like Nap- <laughs> Yeah, basically you may as well just had Napster and like they created like this um, well basically like they created this uh, virus that uh, they could break into uh, the government documents and um, using that Felicity's boyfriend Cooper uh, if I believe, he um, he used that virus to then um, try and wipe everybody's student debts which I would totally be cool with and uh, obviously she wasn't pulled the plug. Then decided to tell her boyfriend. By the way, uh, your, your IP could have been traced. He gets arrested, and uh, she assumes that he commits suicide in his cell. Uh, however, he does uh, resurface as the big bad, and it turns out the NSA. I don't reckon it's the NSA. I reckon Argus had him um, had him employed, but he just assumes it's the NSA. And uh, once he finishes employment, he decided to go, you know, like everybody would, you know, being dead for like five years. You'd come back and, you know, wreak havoc by, you know, doing crime. So uh, he tries <laughs> to do crime, which is ultimately foiled by Felicity. Um, it was a strong episode. I quite enjoyed it. It was probably one of the best origin stories in, in a superhero um Uh, universe that i've actually watched it was really well done really well played out you get to see you get to see how felicity felicity became who she was but then you also get to see her it was almost as a a great episode for felicity to finally vent all her frustrations and all her stresses of being on team arrow and and you know the fact that none of team arrow could have helped her because it was almost as if like that episode just even the characters realised we don't actually know anything about you. yet you know everything about us. And then uh, I think that was where they all got put onto the, like the wrong side of the foot when they realised. Hang on a minute, you know, of all the people we should be taking care of, we've not been taking care of Felicity. And then we got to finally see her work her way through, and she became a stronger sort of female and a stronger person for um, uh, for what she sort of worked the way through. But yeah, all in all, it was a good episode. And um, before Ali gets into his opinion brother eye is actually like a proper big comic book um villain he is a satellite that he's a satellite that has his own consciousness and he basically um gives orders to omac which is a uh, um uh, basically like a super soldier and uh, he basically tells omac what to do and he basically like Brother Eye just tries to exterminate things that are not human enough, I believe, I think. But the reason why I brought this up is OMAC was brought up on one of the um, military plans that Ray Palmer saw a few episodes ago. So it's quite interesting to see whether or not was Cooper just a pawn in Brother Eye's bigger plan or would we see more of Brother Eye? Sort of what I'm thinking. Mm. so Alistair what did you think of this episode
0: well the one thing that really interested me was the Ray Palmer had some sort of thing he wanted to talk over with Felicity and it seemed like she brushed him off could this be the start of him becoming Captain Atom
1: oh yeah 100% did you not see like the sort of cheeky wee thing where like he'd miniaturized stuff in his watch that gave yes. was... it to uh, Felicity's, Felicity's mum yeah, I mean, like if you can miniaturize that technology, what other technology could you miniaturize? Yeah. it's it's a PC
0: uh, and a watch, I think he said.
1: Yeah, it was a PC and a watch, so that pretty much explains it. And um, to tie in with the mini news, we also saw Ray, um, Brandon, Ruth getting um, plastered for a mask. So we reckon that he could be donning the atom soon, suit sooner than later. But um, yeah.
0: Now, I'm not familiar with Arrow, and uh, I'm familiar with Captain Atom mostly through identity crisis, but how is his and Arrow's relationship? Do they work together ever, Ross, or...?
1: Nope. Zero relationship. (laughs) (laughs) It's pretty much... The only relationship they have is, like, via the Justice League, so this is quite an interesting thing. And again, I'm starting to see the telltale signs of a last-minute character change, where it is they've really set up Ted Cod as Blue Beetle perfectly in the Arrow in the Arrowverse. But obviously because DC sort of backtracked finally and mm. um and basically said yeah uh you know the, the um TVs, you know the you can't use it yeah you deaths. can't yeah well it's not that like, it was like you can't use Blue Beetle right now so they had to sort of quickly bring in the atom. Mm. Um Blue Beetle Arrow makes more sense but the atom right now. Ray Palmer, though, uh, he's just knocking out of the park. I mean, yeah. Brandon Ruth, if you're listening to this because I know you do, right? If you're <laughs> listening to this right now, what the hell did you do wrong in Superman Returns? Why did you not just because bring all the charisma? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, oh, I feel sorry for Brandon Ruth now because he had to deal with such a crappy script in Batman and uh, Superman. Uh, Superman Returns. Because he genuinely is a great actor and he's just knocking this character out of the park. I mean, fair dues, he's probably the most, like, He's like the greatest boss everybody could imagine because I'm telling you, in real life, if you turn around to your boss going, oh, can I just take the day off because your mum just randomly showed up, you get told to get fuck out of the office. (laughs) I know, I'll get (laughs) back on to work. This is coming out your lunch break. uh, It's like, I just started two hours ago, but I need a holiday. (laughs) It's kind of like, yeah, jog on, mate. But um but no, he's really is playing into his entire sort of thing and he's gonna be one of those people where like I reckon Felicity will finally sort of buckle and explain to him, Oh, the reason I'm doing this is because I do this for the arrow and I do this and this and this and then Ray Palmer will go I've known since day one. Like I've known I've known before you even started that this is what you did. Like he's gonna be that kind of guy that yeah. he already knows what's going on but he just doesn't want to say it, doesn't want to show his cards yet. Do you um, think we could get
0: a a Captain Atom spin-off, or do you think that this just could be a recurring Arrow character once he makes the transformation?
1: Uh, 100% recurring. Hopefully he might have uh, more crossover work maybe next year, but uh, I definitely think that they're going to grow the seeds into some sort of Atom style. uh, I mean,
0: he's not really a character we've ever seen on TV. Like, Smallville, I don't think we had him. I could be wrong.
1: Which is why I think it's a great time to have him on because uh
0: He's getting in it, there before Ant Man.
1: <laughs> yeah, that as well, you know. And also the fact that I've reckoned that they could do him better than Ant Man. So, you know
0: Well yeah, well I mean we've got Paul Rudd as Ant Man, so it's gonna be kind of Paul Rudd as Paul Rudd in every movie. Well, exactly.
1: No. It's kind of like you've got Brandon Ruth versus Paul Rudd. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like you know. I'm sorry, but I'm kind of putting my money on uh, Brandon Ruth if I can. <laughs> oh yeah, um,
0: Brandon Ruth. He shines off the screen. Like you can tell, he's Hollywood quality. Yeah.
1: It's like even throwing Ant Man into the mix, you kind of start realizing why they decided to go for a uh, Atom rather than um, rather than um, Blue Beetle, uh, considering Ant Man's coming out. So maybe. Uh, DC, Warner Brothers have so much faith in CW that they'll be able to actually create like a, a more successful miniaturized uh, hero. Um, so by the time season three finishes, everyone will be more infatuated with uh, Atom than when Ant-Man comes out in the summer. Everyone will be like, ah, oh, just not as good as
0: Brandon Ruth, so. but um, anyway, like I, I, I was going to touch again on the multiverse point. Like Jeff Johns basically came out and said they're not connected, but it's like DC Comics there is a multiverse, which says to me that there could be if there's ever multiverse stuff, we could see the TV versions appearing in the movie or vice versa. You know. Yeah, not not physically on screen, but maybe a glance into the multiverse. Like depending how Flash is obviously taking the leaps and bounds into the fantastical superhero elements, Arrow's still relatively grounded. I mean the metahumans are kind of gone from Arrow, but I mean as it goes on, we could see a multiverse style thing happening, especially with the Speed Force. And as Barry's running, he could see a glimpse of like what looks like the movies.
1: I could see that happening. Like I mean, he does already have his time treadmill set up in the Flash side of things, but yeah. yeah. I can kind of see that idea come along. You know, this multiverse thing will be a quite an ambitious project, and it'll be interesting to—it's almost it'll be interesting to see whether or not DC have the commitment to yeah. um, to continue on. Because if there is this multiverse project you're talking about, well, Arrow's going to be finished, and what like three years time anyway no well, what. If,
0: i would say three so, years time yeah but it would be even better if the multiverse continued and they like pulled in adam west as a cameo or like uh, dean kane came in as superman you know and uh, don't, just, that would be hilarious when said
1: dean kane and superman ah oh, that's me so that i'm sold straight away dean kane was the ultimate superman simple yeah. as 100 percent. i don't care I, I hate superman to the very core <laughs> But uh, Dean Cain was the one that made him tolerable.
0: (laughs) See, I I didn't mind Tom Welling. I didn't mind Tom Welling. But um, Dean Cain played more. It was more the story of Clark and Lois rather than Superman. But yeah, that would be awesome. Like if they just did something like that, you know, like had the you remember in the. The Turtles Forever cartoon movie, where they looked at the Turtles multiverse, and on the screen, the view screen, I don't know if you've seen it, it had, like, the Turtles movie, the Heroes Turtles from the 80s, the Turtles from the comics, the original ones, and if they did something like that, where it showed you all these, like, everything DC's done on TV, well, depending on licenses, that would be amazing, and just Penguin from Gotham. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah it'd be quite interesting to see if they pull that off but um bring it back to this episode though i mean yep. you know overall it was quite cool we saw laurel also making steps towards uh conquering her own demons with um you know with the idea that she finally recognized you know that she was trying to fight the person that killed her sister not you know not controlling herself and it kind of took a step forward towards finding out a wee bit more about Ted Grant and about how Laurel will become the vigilante that we're pretty much dead certain that she will become. Um, And then I suppose that brings us to the ending of the last episode. Like what even now, because it it includes your man crush, I will let you continue.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, part of my man crush, but before we dive into that, have you noticed the episode title uh, episode eight's title, Ross Ferraro?
1: It's called, is it not Guilty, is
0: it not? No, Guilty, is next week. Uh, episode is titled The Brave and the Bold. The Brave and the Bold.
1: Yeah. Which is a episode Batman. Episode 8. That's, That's isn't, I think episode 8, isn't that the start of the um, crossovers? No.
0: Well, right. I I, th- I think there's 21 or 22 episodes a season, and I think Midnight City is the midway point, you know. I could be wrong. Yeah,
1: the 8th episode, The Brave and the Bold, uh, it crosses over with a flash, episode
0: right. 8. Yeah. Okay, that's excellent. Um, well, yes, anyway, on to this. And and also somebody called Thor is right in episode 9, but that, that's it might not be the same one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the end of the episode with Roy waking up uh, after seeing his nightmare where he's seen Sarah's murder again, except the camera drew back and it was Roy himself throwing... Arrows or knives? It was arrows towards Sarah, which we've got our own wee theories about that. Um, however, it looks like it's continuing on to next week's episode, Guilty, uh, which we'll talk about in a minute. But, Russ, what do you reckon in this? Do you think it's uh, Roy's, Roy's a badass killer, the Mirakura's coming back, or is there something else afoot?
1: He's definitely not killed Sarah. I'll put that out there 100%. He's not killed her. But. Um, because of the fact that he killed that police officer under his Mirakuru rage, he knows he's killed somebody, but he doesn't know who it was. And he's just assumed that it's Sarah because that's the last person close to him or last person he's seen being killed um, that he either cares about or has some sort of like guilty conscience about. So he's going to start next episode confessing that he's killed... Sarah but he doesn't know why and then uh, I reckon he's suffering from like PTSD like uh, a post-traumatic stress disorder or Count Vertigo has somehow poisoned his mind and causing these crazy hallucinations and like he's done more damage because Count Vertigo went out too easily, considering he was touted as one of the recurring villains of this uh, season. So I reckon this could be his way of recurring as the fact that he's going to fuck up Roy mentally to the point where Roy gets really unhinged again, like Mirakuru unhinged almost. Um, and he does some crazy jumps off of uh, cards again. But anyway... Um, <laughs> He, yeah, I reckon that's what's gonna happen. It's the fact that tomorrow, like next week's episode, he's gonna confess to killing Sarah, and like uh, the League of Assassins are going to assume that he's confessed the actual murder and hunt him down. But only Arrow, Diggle, and Felicity know that he's telling the truth. So they have to like fight off the League of Assassins. Not like next week's episode, but over the course of the season. They're going to have to fight off the League of Assassins to protect Roy because they think that he's actually killed him because they've overheard him confessing to, I don't know, Felicity that um he's, uh, he's killed her or he thinks he's killed her. So the entire series will be Roy trying to determine what's real and what's not, and he'll just become an absolute insane bastard by the end of the, the season. That's literally how I reckon it's going to go. And it's great because if you think about it, coming off from being a fucking superhero being and like totally like crazy ass like fucked up in the head and it's only been like five six months since you're gonna suffer some form of like after effects and uh, it doesn't really help that you're being put under the crazy stresses of team arrow having your ex-girlfriend randomly turn up again as well uh, and having to work so close against uh, beside her because uh, Theo offered uh, Roy his um his old job back basically so I reckon all of those sort of like stressful situations are just going to be too much for Roy and he's going to just start freaking out big style
0: yeah and uh, obviously that led into the next week on Arrow which is entitled Guilty which showed us a bit of it was blood written Guilty in the floor, somebody hanging upside down Roy looking like he's biffing out so it's going to be an interesting time for old Roy
1: definitely yeah and uh I'm I'm really hoping that this is like um, the step up for Roy because he's been so underused and underutilized so far mm. this season that it's been it's been a travesty. Uh, apart from the fact that I don't know if you clocked this, there was that part in um the secret order of Felicity Smoke, I believe, um, where he um he fires his uh, he fires his arrow and it, uh, it hits the RPG and you can totally tell it's a face of like, shit, did I just do that?
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: and he like totally didn't even like get another arrow ready. He was just stupid like going, Ollie, did you see that? <laughs> <laughs> he actually like disabled an rpg with an arrow i was like what the hell oh it was awesome if i could find a picture of his face i would post it right now but i can't
0: <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that i think it was a stronger episode with uh felicity's backstory than last week's anyway and next week's looks like it's setting up a good arc for um season three's mid mid finale
1: yeah definitely yeah it'll be interesting to see i mean well Episode eight is um, the mid-season finale, I reckon. So we still have guilty and draw back your bow, which is episode seven. So uh, draw back your bow in episode seven. That's where Captain Boomerang is uh, makes his appearance. So I reckon that maybe guilty could be uh, Cupid's appearance. So you know, guilty as in maybe Cupid thinks that Arrow's guilty for for you know not paying attention to her. Draw Back Your Bow could be Captain Boomerang's introduction to the whole world. But I will actually say to people, there will be no Arrow this Wednesday coming because it's on a Thanksgiving Day holiday because Flash was also not present last week because of the US election. So this balances it all out. So yeah, next week there will be no Arrow episode where we will probably know that cover all of our speculation and uh, Arrow 2.5. But I thought I'd just add that in before we finish up. Yes,
0: so next week we're just doing Arrow 2.5 and speculations. Um, So before we finish up, I wanted to touch on another thing. I can't talk about Roy so much without mentioning Nightwing, right? Now, we all know the Titans is being developed for TNT, which is going to be, as the report goes, (sighs) Titans will essentially tell the same story of the comic book, beginning with Dick Grayson, a.k.a. Robin the Boy Wonder, taking on a solo mission, recruiting younger crime fighters to form a newer generation of superheroes and friends. The show is moving towards a pilot order from the network with Akiva Goldsman and Mark Hames sharing the role of writer and producer. DC and WB aren't all that strict when it comes to keeping the mention of Batman off of TV. Um, However, uh, the interesting thing about the Teen Titans, as we all know, is that Roy was prominent for a while in the teen titans and um basically what's been talked about is a Supergirl show as well now I, I can't really see arrow and flash crossing over into gotham at all as it looks like it's almost a different time period yes yeah,
1: um, it's, it's like I, I reckon it's about 15 years before arrow uh, give mm, or take i reckon it's about 15 years behind if least. you want to put batman into the mix of arrow it would be at least 15 years.
0: Yeah, and obviously Supergirl's coming to CBS, which is not much chance. However, um, TNT's the network that are ordering Titans, right? Now, they're a sister network with the CW, both on by Warner Brothers. Mm-hmm. And um, the network has made a comment on seeing Arrow and Flash crossing over into its own budding TV universe on TNT. What they've said is what you'll see embedded in Flash and Arrow is that we'll have the ability to test characters out is there room to grow them into this next show I can't tell you yet but there are discussions going on those words will immediately point this is this that was the quote so it says those words will immediately point to both Firestorm and Atom um to be introduced and the possibility of Roy skipping over to the Titan show to help kick that off <sighs> hmm
1: Oh, you just want Dick Grayson.
0: <laughs> yeah, but, you know, I think that would benefit Arrow as well. Like, Oh, for, yeah, definitely.
1: Like, I mean, I, I, I can see if Arrow Flash proved... Like, basically, it all hinges on Episodes 8 of Arrow yes. Flash, right? If their crossover episodes can be as successful as they think it's going to be, which it will be, but if they can be as successful as they can, then it's just going to open the floodgates for... Yep. Um, for sort of cross-television uh, idea. And especially seeing that TNT is a subsidiary of CW, it would yeah. make more sense to have, uh, you know, Teen Titans being crossed in with Arrow and Flash. And I think that's why we've not heard a lot of information about it all. It's because I reckon they're just waiting to see how good it actually is. and um, And so if I it does prove... Happen. Yeah, I reckon, like, this season of Arrow... And this season of Flash will be is like the test of waters of how crossing shows work, and uh, if they can do it successfully, then maybe next year we're going to start seeing a lot like ah, uh, uh, you know how Supergirl seems to be sort of like hitting the ground running immediately yeah. with casting and all that stuff. I reckon the moment that they, they get past the mid-season finale, we're with going numbers, to see yeah. a lot more information about. Teen Titans, Titans going on, you yeah. know, especially and if it can work out.
0: So It would make sense to send Roy over there um, to help start out that show and then have him come back and then we could have Dick Grayson or any of the other ones because I don't think they'll be allowed Cyborg on TV because I'm sure he's cast for the the movie um, but then again you never know um, but I think it would open up to a, a wider possibility of characters crossing over and it would be beneficial for everyone, you know, and mm-hmm. just because Marvel can't work out all their um, differences but other networks doesn't mean that we couldn't see even supergirl popping up in arrow you know we can't have superman yeah. the only
1: God. the only thing that sort of like stops that is like um different networks you know like for yeah, example if it's like it's beneficial
0: um, for both you know if they say okay but we want arrow appearing in such and such an episode you yeah. can have supergirl for this one you know if, if it worked for the benefit of both a bit like the current rumors that spider-man from sony is going to show up in the avengers franchise you know it could work you know
1: but we speak sense alley you know yeah. tv executives don't
0: <laughs> yeah true this um true.
1: but yeah no i totally understand like it makes sense and it's what the people want but you know at the end of the day i can see where they're coming from you know for example like if supergirl aired at the same time as arrow you know they'd be like how could we do like crossover or you don't need to be so like, how could we do crossover but it would be a bit more sort of like oh you're missing out on our on our show because of your show type idea, but still though, at the end of the day though, I totally agree with you. Like, why why shouldn't it be? There should be crossovers. Gotham, understandable, not because it is set fifteen years in the past, which is fine. I'm I'm cool with that. But for the likes of like Supergirl, it, it more maybe Supergirl into Teen Titans rather than Supergirl into Arrow. But yeah, Supergirl mm. into Teen Titans, but then Teen Titans bridges it into Arrow and Flash would work. Yeah, decently. Yeah. So.
0: Cool, so we're going to wrap up tonight's show, so um, I'm going to pass you over to Ross to tell us where they can get us at, if they fancy chatting or putting in their two cents.
1: Yep, you can get us on Twitter, at Starling Radio, and uh, you can also get us on the Facebook page, which is um, Starling, Starling City Radio, is it, yeah? Yep. Yep. Yep, cool. Uh, our website is being is under construction at the moment. You know, we're we're almost going through the transformation as uh, Ray Palmer's trying to transform Starling City into Star City. Yeah. See what I did there? See I do see what you did there. Yeah. <laughs> so it's our be kind website of annoying is, if he does it. <laughs> <laughs> it would be hilarious because it's a great sort of tip of the cap to the comments. But yes, our website is under construction right now. But on at the meantime, get us at starling radio or like us on Facebook, Starling Radio, starling site Radio as well. So uh, please, and then I'm pretty sure a lot of the guys know where we are as well, so
0: you can get us
1: anywhere on Twitter. We're pretty much everywhere in the world, so please do, at Starling Radio on Twitter.
0: Yep, and if you like the video game side of things, check me out on 42 Level 1 on Tuesday nights, where this Tuesday we're going to be interviewing one of the creators of Cards Against Humanity. Um, 42level1.com is the site for that. But Ross, there's another new show kicking about, from a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away.
1: it's um yes, uh, uh, myself and Ali, uh, as per usual, are taking the um the forefront into a galaxy far, far away and having our own Rebels cast, uh, where we discuss all things Star Wars Rebels, um primarily the Rebels TV show, but we definitely will be delving into the uh this sort of new canon books, comic books, news, and sort of, you know, review as well, like kind of what we do here, but primarily we talk about Rebels, which is a badass show. If you've not seen it, it's on Disney Channel in the UK every Thursday night at 7.30 p.m., um, but yeah, Star Wars Rebels, Rebelscast UK, so you can get us at, where can we get us, Ali?
0: Um, At uh, Rebelscast UK on Twitter, and at StarWarsRebelsCast.tk for all, all our reviews. We've been reviewing all the episodes up to date, and I believe we're getting a chopper profile at the mid-season break from Ross as an apology to the little droid, and we'll probably be writing a review on a new dawn as well at some point.
1: Definitely, yeah. But, yes, um, if you love Star Wars and you love listening to our sweet, sensual voices, then <laughs> get us over there. <laughs>
0: uh, so um, that's uh, Rebels Cast UK, which is on iTunes and Stitcher. Keep listening to Starling City Radio. Check out 42 Level 1. And uh, we don't have a quote for Ross this week, to be honest. What? Uh, any- I- I-
1: okay, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll do my own quote, which it was okay. a quote that was... Um, it was a phrase that hadn't been said in quite a while in Arrow so I will have to go you have failed this city
0: (laughs) thanks folks keep digging the dig and listen next week bye now